I love all that communing in the peace of Christ. You know, in all honesty, following Jesus is not easy. And it's even more difficult when there is a vicious, paranoid, insane man on the throne, like there was in the time of Domitian or Nero in the first century, one who demands that you follow him and not Jesus. Before we hear our passage out of Revelation 4 and 5, which was written at that time, I invite you to imagine, just want you to imagine what it feels like to be overcome by your helplessness to change a bad situation. You've never seen Jesus, and yet you know enough of him that you've decided to make him your whole life, your life direction, and yet even as you are doing that and trying to grow in that, you are seeing things only get worse and worse and worse. There's a pastor named John. He's writing to seven churches that are going through this exact situation. He's writing from a remote island called Patmos. Some of you have been there. He's exiled there because of this vicious, paranoid, insane man on the throne. And he's writing to answer one question. Who is in charge of this world? He is not writing Revelation as an encoded timeline for the end time, which many people try to do with the book of Revelation. He's not writing in our passage a detailed description of heaven. God has actually given him a vision as a gift to answer this burning question that is on everybody's mind in the midst of this relentless evil that is coming from the top. Who is in charge of this world? Listen to the word of God. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. After this, I looked... And there in heaven a door stood open, and the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, with one seated on the throne. Around the throne, and on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind, the first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with a face like a human face, and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and inside. 
Day and night, without ceasing, they sing, Holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, singing, You, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll, written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb, standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne, and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads, thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might In the middle of that amazing vision, there is the drama of weeping, weeping that is turned into full-on singing, comprehensive singing. Why is he weeping? It has to do with the scroll, the scroll that is sealed with seven seals. For them, it would evoke this sense that the unfolding of history, all the acts of history, is contained in that scroll. 
And as you read through the rest of Revelation, it reveals how each seal, reaching to the seventh seal, which unfolds into seven trumpets, you get to the seventh trumpet, it unfolds into seven bowls, and it's all filled with this horrible, terrible combination of suffering and hardship that the world is experiencing. And the weeping, actually, is over who is in charge of that scroll. All this wave upon wave of horror that's unfolding. The question is asked, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open that scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and to look into it. Of course there's weeping. You mean we have been praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that's not going to happen? There is nobody in charge of this scroll that is holding all this horror and working it toward God's purposes and will. I began to weep bitterly. Before we go to the singing, I want us to sit with this weeping for a minute and what it feels like to be overcome with our inadequacy to right the wrongs that we see pressing in upon us. This morning, there is the New York Marathon. One of the runners that's running today was interviewed last week, and he admitted that typically when he anticipates the New York Marathon or running something like this, he would be worried about whether or not he would have to go to the bathroom somewhere along the way. Minor things like that. But this time, however, he was wondering if there would be a terrorist because of what happened on Halloween. More and more of our lives are getting terrorized, aren't they? There is a Chinese artist by the name of Ai Weiwei, and I saw his work when I was back in Washington, D.C. Actually, it was installed at Alcatraz. And he's just come out with a new documentary called Human Flow. And I'm torn because I want to see it. It's about the 65 million refugees that there are in the world today. Unprecedented. Changed our world. And then there's a part of me, to be honest with you, I don't want to see it. Because I don't want to be overwhelmed with this hopeless sense of what's going on in the world. Half of Syria, half has been displaced. At American University last May, I just heard about this, when they should have been all engaged in thinking about graduation and summer internships, instead someone snuck around in the middle of the night and hung bananas from nooses all around the campus with hateful racial slurs written on them. Once again, this cancer of white supremacy metastasize comes to the surface. And the more digging we do, the more I hear from wise ones on this topic. 
the more we hear how our racism is embedded in our beginnings as a country. And even when I traveled to Spain during my sabbatical time, it almost seemed to me that it's embedded in the DNA that came across on the Nina and the Pinta and the Santa Maria. If it's in our DNA, how do you change that? Weeping. Who is in charge of this world? And all of this unfolding evil, wave upon wave. Revelation means unveiling. And there is in this unveiling the weeping and also this response of do not weep. Why? Why not weep? The answer comes because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. And he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And for the readers, they would be thinking, Old Testament speak for God's Messiah. He will conquer that insane madman on the throne. But John keeps looking in this unveiling. Wait for it. Very dramatic. He keeps looking at the throne to see who it is that actually takes that scroll and is the answer to our prayers. And what he sees is definitely not what he expected to see. And yet, it is the reason that everyone breaks into full-on top of the lungs singing. And what does he see? What is unveiled as he keeps looking at the throne? A lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered having seven horns, which means perfect strength, seven eyes, perfect seeing, he went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. Who's in charge of this world with this cascading flow of vicious hate and violent terrorism? Who's working in the midst of all this for God's purposes? And the answer comes back. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, a.k.a. Jesus of Nazareth, crucified and risen from the dead. He has conquered. And there is singing. Singing in a way that you can tell that everything that's being said about this lamb is the very thing that would be said about God. The lamb and God are identified. They are one on the throne. God has won. But how has he won? How has God conquered in Jesus Christ? I love the phrase that one writer used, which is, through lamb power. Lamb power. God's salvation comes through sacrifice. That's what the Jewish people would be thinking. That's what lambs were used for through vulnerability, through power that is coming not by violent killing, but by humble giving of a life. 
God's salvation comes through sacrifice, vulnerability, love. You know, when we hear Jesus teaching on the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, they will receive mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Even when we hear it and read it, it sounds so unlikely, doesn't it? So unlikely. And yet this is the way God wins. Who's in charge of this world? I want you to keep listening to the answer to that question and the singing and where it goes. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Who's in charge of this world? Uh-oh. Those ransomed by the Lamb. Those who come to this table of grace. God has made us to be a kingdom, to be priests serving our God, who embody the Lamb of God in our own lives. The revelation, the unveiling, the Lamb is on the throne. And the lamb is alive in us. Lamb power. It wins over vicious, paranoid, insane leaders at the top. And it is winning now. In hidden, seed-like ways. When we are merciful. When we are vulnerable. When we are humble servants in his name. There's a couple that lives in the Bay Area. They've been faithful servants in their church. And it's been interesting. I've been talking with the wife over the last year, just hearing what's going on in their lives and seeing this lamb power at work in hidden, kind of seed-like ways. He had his own business and was making good money and raising their two children in great schools. They were able to live in a wonderful neighborhood and their kids could go to amazingly resourced schools. And then his company was sold and his job ended and he was floundering for a few years, not quite sure what to do with his life. And his wife, she had always thought that he would make a wonderful high school teacher. Well, that just seemed to be an embarrassing shift in status and income among their peers and friends. And so he wasn't sure that he wanted to go that direction, but meanwhile he went ahead and went through the education that he needed to do, the classes he needed to take, the certification, the student teaching. So now instead of being around very posh high schools where his children went to school, he has been teaching in a high school with refugees from all over the world. And the students love him. He's having a huge impact. His wife keeps telling me stories about how his caring and his compassion and his understanding causes them to come back around and believe more in themselves 
and to feel like there is someone who really cares for them. Meanwhile, the couple decided to move out of their neighborhood. Now they're renting. They're what I call downwardly mobile. Not because they feel like they're supposed to, but because the lamb is alive in them. And every time she tells me a story about how his students are responding to him and what a great experience he's having, she starts crying because it is just too moving. It's lamb power. Who is in charge of this world? The lamb is on the throne and alive in us. The one who was and is and is to come. Let's pray. We admit to you, O oh God, our own feelings of being overcome by our inadequacy to right the wrongs that are pressing in upon us. God, fill us with this unveiling, this unveiling of what is true, has been true, is true now, and will be true for all eternity, that you are the conquering one, that you have conquered through the Lamb, your sacrifice, you coming in vulnerability and humility, the fullness of power, Lamb power. Lord, fill us. Thank you for the saints. Not perfect, but people who are yielding themselves in sacrifice and vulnerability to let you come. May we be those people. Fill us with hope. Fill us with your transforming spirit. Fill us, O oh God, with you. For we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, who has conquered. Amen.